0: and welcome to the Ask Shabani podcast. I believe that one of the best presents that you can give yourself is time to be able to sit down and ask yourself some questions. I believe that the quality of the questions that you ask yourself will determine the quality of your life. Welcome to the Wealthy podcast. Today I have a very inspirational fellow Indian woman that I got an opportunity to meet about four years ago through the EO Sydney network. Um, Isha has done a lot of things in her life, but one of the things that she's currently doing is she is the founder and CEO of Athea Care Services, which is a home care provider that delivers support to aging community and people with disabilities uh, through their amazing and loving uh, carers that they have. She has won a bunch of awards, including the Australian Youth Dialogue, um, Uh, Delegate in 2018, she's won Indian Business Awards in 2014, Uh, she's won Indian Business Community Awards, she's been a Telstra Young Business Finalist Award, and the list continues. And more importantly, she's a mum, she's a wife, she does quite a bit of incredible work um, around Australia and the world. Welcome, Isha. Thank you, thank you so much for having me today, Shivani. Such a pleasure. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be speaking to you. And I know it's taken me a couple of months to get into your very busy diary. Uh, (laughs) So thank you for making the time today. Isha, tell me a little bit about, I guess everybody speaks about this word journey, but tell us about your journey. And I guess what what I'm really interested in and and our listeners are really interested in is I guess some of the major turns, maybe the setbacks, maybe the positives, Tell us a little bit about what have got you to where you've got to in terms of who you are.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Um, So I I was born in Delhi in India and I remember sort of growing up the first zero to six, as I I like to call it, you know, um, really stable life, feeling great about um, the joyfulness of that sort of um, living in a... uh, extended family so you know growing up with your grandparents and your cousins all in a very big house and then I recall when when I was about about seven years old we migrated to Sydney so we moved into a suburb um, just a, a step away from Parramatta so in the western suburbs of Sydney and I remember being put into a school a Christian school while we were practicing Hinduism at home and not knowing a word of English so that was probably the biggest sort of turning point in my life Um, I've always been a really reflective person and I can still recall at the tender age of seven really thinking through these concepts of you know religion and growing up in a Hindu family being of the Indian heritage and then being in a school that's um, you know got the sort of the Christianity principles so I guess in combination of Uh, this identity crisis almost that I was going through and really questioning that very early on in my life and not being able to speak a word of English um, in where I was spending eight hours a day of my time, um, coming home to really, really busy migrant parents who were trying to make a living, it just wasn't a good start. So I don't know if I wasn't as sort of resilient as most migrant kids, maybe I just wasn't, but that was a really hard sort of start for me in a new country. And so I guess schooling, I I don't have great memories out of it. Um, But by the time I was in year 11, I was, uh, I I dropped out. I was so disconnected. I was so disconnected from the education system. I had not made any real friendships and um, I left school.
0: Tell us, tell us about yeah, that's that's big, isn't it? Because particularly for, um, and I guess I have Indian parents, so I can speak from experience here too. Uh, to be able to drop out of school at such an early age, that's that's incredible. That's big, and it's a really big decision. What about since then? Tell us a little bit about what.
1: Yeah, it is Shivani, and that's just it. So I think what's ha- what happened for me early on was not feeling part of community when I sort of migrated here as a, as a young person, but then also feeling disconnected from my own community, the Indian community, which was a small um, sort of community that was starting to thrive uh, 20, 25 years ago. Um, but so, yeah, so when I when I was in my early 20s, I had left school and I found myself sort of hermiting at home. I was, was suffering from acute depression and... Uh, I was spiraling in and out of really unhealthy, dysfunctional And That was very much, I think, to do with the fact that I clearly had not developed strong interpersonal skills. Um, I found myself in just unhealthy relationships, and one ended up being, one or the last one that I was in, ended up being uh, quite physically and emotionally damaging for me. So that led to Um, I guess my dad and my mum taking a keen interest into what was really going on in my life and my father uh, sort of coming to my rescue. I was, I think I was 22 or 23 years old. I'd been unemployed for a long time, hadn't really, wasn't really doing anything with myself. And um, and it was at that time that my father had one of those conversations with me, you know, when they sit you down and they're like, okay, what exactly do you want to do from here? (laughs) So I remember it very clearly. Um, He helped me put my resume together. I was just in a dark place. And, and he sort of just said, look, you've got to pull yourself together right now. Um, And he sort of threw me into a nursing home, which was down the road. It was, uh, it was my first real job. I walked in with a resume and a pulse and I can tell you now I got the job because I had a pulse because there was nothing in my resume and um yeah I started my job as a carer so that was a I, I guess my second really big turning point in my life it was my longest standing employment I was working as a carer for six months before I, I started to really take that job seriously so I guess where I felt a deep connection and where You know, going from a point of depression and such high levels of disconnection from life to this point of meaning and purpose was the very fact that when I started working in this nursing home, I immediately felt connected to the residents, you know, I was lonely, depressed and vulnerable. And I'm not speaking about all nursing homes, certainly not every nursing home has that type of environment, but in in this particular one, it kind of was the vibe, you know, that's how the residents were. And so there was this immediate connection and um, ability, or, you know, the rapport that I built um, with my clients. And that started off a journey for me, I guess, in a really positive direction. Um, And I made the biggest decision of my my life at that point in time I was very naive and I started this business this business that I'm doing I have been doing now for the last
0: 12 years and tell us a little bit more about the business too Isha um, I know I did a bit of an intro but t- tell me what's maybe some of the core values are and what you uh, well, what the-
1: yeah absolutely so Shivani the core values of our business and it took a long time to develop this because I feel like as the business has matured, so have I, like I've kind of grown with this business because I started at, at you know, the age of 24. So my business is AFEA Care Services. The initials A-F-E-A stand for Anorag, Freya, Isha and Anju which is my mum, dad, my sister and me, um, our sort of the initials of our first name. So it was a, it was, um, yeah, just one of those after dinner conversations where I was sitting down and I was like, you know, I'm going to contract myself out as a carer. What can I call my business? And so we named it uh, Afia Care Services. And my mum was, I don't like to call her my first employee, but she was She was definitely the the first person to join me in the second year in business. And it um, it sort of grew organically over the last 12 years. So we provide... Age care and disability services. We're an alternative to nursing homes and long stays in hospitals, and any sort of really any sort of institutionalised care. So we provide care in home, and at the moment we we actually have seven hundred carers now in sort of the Sydney metropolitan area. We're expanding in, into state this year. Well, we have expanded interstate this year, but so we have seven hundred carers. they go out and they help people to live as independently as possible in the comfort of their own home. So um, and and this is what I mean about the core values of our business. It really evolved over time and our values are to be responsible, to be um, understanding, purposeful and authentic. So it's very much the values that our carers go out with when they um, support our families to, and, and our clients to be able to live independently at home, despite you know their age or their disability that they may have.
0: That's amazing. Um... That's great. Amazing work and so much needed in such a growing market in terms of what you're doing there, Isha. Um, Tell me about how you deal with challenges. I'm sure that there's many challenges, not even in the 12 years of running a business, but you spoke a bit about some of your earlier challenges around depression and unemployment. Do you have a system? Do you have a way of thinking? Do you have a process that tends to work for you when things are not going well and challenges come your way?
1: yeah, this is a really, really good question. I challenges is interesting. You know, Shivani, if 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 I'm in the right state of mind and right state of being, you could throw any challenge at me and I, I feel like I could conquer it. There's a real level of power and confidence. Um, you know, and, and that's when I'm talking about my state of being really grounded, full of clarity, full of energy. And positivity, and then there are times in um, my life, <laughs> like anyone else, where if I'm completely depleted of energy, I'm not. I'm not. I haven't prioritized my self care, so I'm not looking after myself, and I'm going through just a really difficult time. Then waking up in the morning is a challenge. You know, showing affection to my husband would be a challenge. So I think this really goes into that. Um, that priority around self care. And as, as long as I've, I've got a really strong self care routine and I'm prioritizing my well being, my mental health, my emotional state of being, I feel really confident in being able to take on challenges. And in fact, I actually throw myself in challenges. I try and do things that take me out of my comfort zone because I feel I'm ready for that evolution. Um, but when I'm not prioritizing those things, then certainly. Um, those are the times that I feel like, um, yeah. Any challenge, anything, even just like I said, being there for my family is is hard, and I'm depleted of, of energy. So to answer yeah, that
0: makes your sense, Nisha.
1: Yeah, and and so to answer your question, Shivani, I think um, to uh, to respond to challenges, I just really need to maintain my self care and prioritize it. That's how I, I respond to challenges in my life. Yeah.
0: And so tell us a little bit about more of your self-care, because that was going to be one of my questions today, anyway. Around what sort of rituals do you have? How do you manage your wellness? And and I think you've hit the nail on the head, Isha, that you know, a lot of people talk about self-care, but I love the fact that you started to already divide it into what you do most, you know, emotionally or mentally. So what are some of the rituals that you have? around yourself care that help you stay yeah um so certainly one of the
1: non-negotiables for me is my emotional health because i'm not sure if it's the mainstream idea around mental health and we automatically think mental health is like you know mindset and affirmations and everything but i have a belief that our mental health is actually directly related to our emotional health. If not, it's a reflection of our emotional health. So my non-negotiable daily act or ritual around my emotional well-being is just releasing off emotions that are unserving. Like I'm, I've, and I've done this for many years now to have a really strong understanding of my, or, or be self-aware. Like I'm, I'm just acutely self-aware. And when I'm not, if there's, in, in, in terms of my emotions or my heart health, if I'm feeling a level of anxiety or just, you know, my intuition is, um, it, it's giving me the signals that something's not right or I'm not feeling right, then I I make an effort to look into that. Like I'll, and that's through just stillness, being silent, being alone, really connecting with my heart. Um, if there's, someone's disappointed me or an, or a, there's a circumstance or an incident or something there's hurt, whether it's hurt in that moment or it's brought up hurt from the past, I want to be able to recognize it and then release it. So I do that almost like on a daily, as a daily practice. Um, I check in with myself and I meditate before I go to bed. A hundred percent, I meditate in the morning. So there's a, you know, well, let's just, if we look at how I start my day, the morning ritual is probably the most important thing. So in the morning, when I wake up, um, I have a 5 a.m. non-negotiable meditation. That's for an hour. And that's when I um, yeah really try to deeply connect with myself, see where I'm at. And also, depending on the day, if I've got something special coming up, I'll start to visualise how that's going to, how, well, I visualise and I create it already in my mind as something that's going to be very successful for me. So I intentionally bring in a lot of positive intent, like for that, event that's going to happen. And that strengthens, I guess, my mindset, my emotional um, being for the rest of the day. So that's sort of my morning. Um, And then during the day as just little things that I do to check in with myself is, um, is yeah, like I said, I, you know, connect with my heart. If I'm feeling uneasy about something, I don't brush it off. I never brush off my my emotions. And I never, ever, one of the things that I stopped doing many years ago was I will never bottle them down. So if I'm feeling like crap, I will never have alcohol in that moment or eat something to suffocate my emotions. Like that's a really important practice for me. So, um, yeah, so in saying that it's really about, for me, it's about releasing as I go along as opposed to bottling it or suppressing it by doing something that is is like a superficial act
0: in the moment almost. Yeah. That's incredible. There's so much that our listeners, when they hear that, I can so relate to that. You know, I can so relate to exactly what you're saying that sometimes it's, it's just easy to suffocate or push that down so the fact that you have that as a daily ritual as a practice to look at and reflect on the day that's been or the moments that have been or whatever comes up and release that is incredible lisha i i think think that's yeah that's amazing really i could spend three hours just talking about that with you tell me about your future aspirations what are some of the things you go and this may be related to business it may not be what are some of the things that excite you about what you want to do over the next 10 or you know 20 or 50 years what do you want to what are your future aspirations for you and yeah that's um well i, I think the first thing that comes to
1: mind is i just i want to be a really good role model for my kids i want to be a role model a, a mother a woman that they look up to and say wow you know she's strong she's courageous she's um compassionate and she's playful <laughs> So I want to be a bit eccentric. I don't want them to think, oh, yeah, she's really strong and, you know, serious and ambitious, but she's not playful or spontaneous. So I I just want them to have a really well-rounded vision of me so that I want to be a good role model for my kids for sure. That's probably my number one aspiration um, and an evolving sort of aspiration. And then outside of that, I... I started this beautiful business. It's very purposeful and, and so meaningful. And even today, it impacts so many lives. You know, we help more than a thousand families a week now with sort of different types of care. And So my hope is, my intent is that it can leave a legacy someday. So it might not be, it may or may not be my, my kids that take it over, but I'm hoping that the business continues and it leaves um, an impact. It, it leaves some, yeah, some some great work for the community. And finally, just for myself personally, um, my aspiration is to to live this life in a way where every day I am really letting go of limiting beliefs, belief systems and just frameworks that don't serve me, you know, thoughts and, and the, I guess, conditioning that we get as we when we're young so all of those conditions and generalizations of how we need to be or should be and how all of that I just wanted to all break away and I just want to be free like I want to experience mental and emotional freedom that's probably my personal aspiration (laughs) and um yeah and I think that's yeah and I think a a few of my practices around meditation and you know just prioritizing that self-care is really helping me sort of achieve that already definitely not to the extent that i want shimani but yeah that's my bigger aspiration
0: yeah that's fantastic that's great isha and how do we find you or also about the work that we do how do people connect in with you
1: well i my go-to social media
0: platform is definitely
1: linkedin so i'd love to connect with all the listeners today on linkedin send me a message I'm really active there Um, and then of course I'm on Instagram as Isha Oberoi and on Facebook as well as as well as our website is um, afea.com.au so any of those sort of platforms feel free to connect with me I'd love to hear from you
0: Isha it's been such a pleasure and as we go into the end of year I hope that the end of year, you can sit back and reflect as you do on what's worked and what's not worked in your past day. But I hope you can look at the growth that you've had, the fact that you've grown into interstate and um, a fear tends to grow is phenomenal. And I'm so glad that we could squeeze some time together. Thank you so much for being on here today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Shivani. Hope
1: you have a lovely Christmas and bring on 2021, right? Absolutely.
0: I'm Shivani Gupta, and you've been listening to The Wealthy Podcast. Thank you for listening. Follow Wealthy on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And if you haven't yet, go to the Opera Podcast and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Namaste.